Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you'll come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. We hope you'll enjoy this lesson brought to us by Glenn Colley. Our uh, scripture reading tonight is found in Ephesians 1, uh, 19 through 23. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power, and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Please be seated. Would you open God's book, please, to Acts chapter 9, and we're going to continue the study we began this morning. I'm so glad to see you here. The week that PTP began recently, why we had responsibilities early Thursday morning, and so we had to leave on Wednesday to get there. And on the way, we stopped at Sweetwater and uh, to for, for what my grandmother called prayer meeting. I, I don't remember... Uh, that I'd ever been there before. I don't think that I had. And and so we just came in for their Bible class, had a wonderful Bible class. And after it was over, people gathered around us and we visited. And somebody said, you know, we always go get a pizza on Wednesday night, so you want to go? And we said, sure. And so we, we went and ate pizza with this, I don't know, a group of maybe 10, I don't know, Christians. And uh, it was really pleasant because the men sat on this side and the women sat on that side. And we talked about man things and they talked about woman things. And we just, we had a great time. But now I want to emphasize something. We, 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 they understood, everybody understood at that table that they're members of the church there and we're visitors. It's not that we don't care about each other and we're one in Christ and all that is true and we, <clears throat> We're all part of the universal body and we anticipate being in glory with our Father forever. But we're not members of their congregation. We're members of the church, the same church in the universal sense, but not in that congregational sense. And it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to be a visitor. That's not what I came to talk about tonight. When you get to Acts chapter 9, you see, as we ended our lesson this morning, you see... Saul being barely escaping with, with his life from Damascus, let down the wall in a basket. That's verse 25. And now we take up with verse 26. What we're talking about is finding our place in the body. It's about, it's about the reason why we place membership and the urgency of placing membership. And I would, in fact, like to make that the first of our three brief points tonight, the urgency Saul felt an urgency when he got to Jerusalem, left Damascus, went to Jerusalem, an urgency to join himself to that group. Now, we, we use the term place membership. I don't care if you use that or not. It, it's, it's just a, 
a phrase that we use to describe what's happening. And you, I think it would be fine to say, join yourself. You think it's a wrong thing to say that we join the church? Well, we, we've been preaching for years that that's really inaccurate. Well, it depends on what you mean. If you mean becoming part of the universal body of Christ, the universal church, like in Acts 2, the Bible says the Lord added them to his church. It would be inappropriate. It would be incorrect to say we join the church because that puts the emphasis on us. It's Jesus who would add us to his church. But if you talk about the congregational sense in which the word church is used, like you have it here, it's not inappropriate. In fact, that's the way verse 28 reads. And Saul went and tried to join himself to, to the disciples. So here's the first point for tonight's lesson. There ought to be an urgency to find our place in the body. The word join in the Greek means what you think. It means to, to glue together or to, to stick together. And of course, there's two involved in this. It's very interesting that you have to, of course, have a church that's willing and a person who wants to become a member of that congregation. I mean, that's intuitive, but this word join is used more than one place. Here's Acts chapter 5 when it's used, and I'm just going to raise this so you can see. Through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. They were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, yet none of them, none of the rest dared join them. I don't, they want to be glued together with them. Too hot right now, too too dangerous. There's the word join. You see it also in Acts 10. This one may be more familiar to you. Verse 28, he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with. Now, you know this circumstance, don't you? It's the house of Cornelius. Peter went to the house of Cornelius, and Cornelius is a Gentile. And when he gets there, Peter just feels like he needs to say something. This is very awkward for me. And just to be sure that we're clear on, on, on understanding here, you know that it's not right, unlawful, according to the Jewish law, the Old Testament, to keep company or go to one another, one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now that phrase, to keep company with, is the same Greek word as what you have for join in our text tonight in Acts 9. To keep company with. And it means to join yourself with and glue together or, or stick together. Now, what's interesting here is verse 26 says this. When Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. Wow, that, okay, that happens right quick in the text here. He gets there and what he wants to do is to join with the, the disciples. He wants to, what we would say, he wants to place membership with that church. But they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Now, that strikes me as being important. There's, not, there's nothing in that sentence that, that uh, is, is challenging to my thoughts. I mean, of course they were afraid. I mean, you, you know about his history. Granted, he's been in Damascus for three years now. So a gap of time has passed. He was in Arabia for some period of time. But you, don't, you, you know who Saul is, don't you? I mean, you understand that Saul, like Ananias said to the Lord, we're, we're, we're afraid of him. He came to Damascus for the purpose of imprisoning and persecuting Christians. And don't you think he might still be at this? Now he's at Jerusalem and the Christians are still nervous about him. We'll talk about Barnabas in just a minute and how this gets overcome. The point I want to make is that, is that Saul quickly wanted to be a member of that congregation. You suppose that 
Suppose that a man that had an agenda of, of the earlier Saul persecuting Christians might want to get into the congregation. So, I mean, you suppose he might find one of the members after worship and say, listen, I'd really like to have a copy of your uh, membership list. Does that, does that make you a little nervous? Can I see your directory? I don't know if they had directories back then. Now think of this. The Apostle Paul uh, made a habit of uniting with congregations. Wherever he went, he would find it, and he would be a member of the congregation. Antioch of Syria for a year. This is Acts 11.26. Corinth for 18 months, Acts 18. Ephesus for three years where he would preach. Acts chapter 20, this was his habit. He wanted to be part of a congregation. I remember a question that came one time. <clears throat> I guess it was for Q&A. I can't really remember. Maybe it was something else, but... It was very interesting, and the, the, the woman, as I recall, it was a woman, a member of the church, not here, at another place, who was saying that, that she didn't really believe in placing membership, that in her view, she was part of the universal church, she was a Christian, and so that she would remain aloof to any kind of local congregation. She, she would just visit here a while and there a while, but she would never, ever place membership, and and what about that? Wouldn't that be all right? And that was her argument. She's a Christian. She's going to have a universal church. And there you are. And the answer is, it is inconsistent with the pattern of the New Testament. Now, follow me on this. And you could argue a number of different ways. I would, I would pull out Acts chapter 9 and say, look here now. Saul was intent when he got to Jerusalem in joining himself to that congregation. That's what he wanted to do. Well, but there are other ways to look at this. You go to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17 talking about the elders, and here's the responsibility of Christians. I, I want you to obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves because they watch for your souls. Hold that. They watch for your souls. Whose souls? For whose souls are our elders at West Huntsville responsible? And you go to First Peter chapter 5 and verse 2, and it says, I want you to take heed to the flock which is among you. Got this? That is to say that our elders here are not responsible for, have no authority over other congregations around us. It's just here, and the Bible says, I want you to Christians to submit to your elders. Well, if you're a floater, if you please, like the lady who asked the question, under which elders is she responsible? And who is it that watches for her soul? And the answer is nobody, because there's a difference between a visitor and a member, Right? Cindy and I enjoyed those wonderful people at Sweetwater, and they were sweet people. But, but nobody wondered if Cindy and I were under that eldership. Well, of course not. And we, and at West Huntsville, we have, well, this very night, we, we, Paul talked about visitors and also about new members. Those are two different things. Now, however you want to phrase it, what it amounts to is what this is talking about when it says that Paul wanted to join himself to those Christians at Jerusalem in that church. I want, to, I want to serve here with you. I want to be glued together with you. It may be interesting to you to know that when we baptize someone here, uh, unless, unless there is an obvious reason to assume that that person is going to be a member at West Huntsville, and sometimes that happens, particularly like lately, if you have a teenager whose parents are members here at West Huntsville and he or she is baptized, there's a natural assumption that that teenager is going to be a member here. <clears throat> but when somebody is an adult who comes to West Huntsville and is baptized, we'll ask them, would you like to be a member here? 
It's not a, just a given, you know. person who's baptized is added to the Lord's church, but not, not necessarily to the congregation here. And you can imagine how that might happen. You take somebody who's in the military and he's overseas, and he meets somebody and he, that's a Christian, and, and he learns the gospel, and they find a body of water, and the Christian baptizes him. And then he's shipped back home again. What happens then? The answer is he's going to seek out, just like Saul did, he's going to seek out a congregation of God's people, and he's going to be joined to them. That's the pattern. That's how it is set up. Now verse 27. And this still deals with this nervousness about, about Saul. Of course people are nervous. I mean, don't you can imagine the whispering? And this is just natural, I think. I don't, and I don't fault them for it. I, you can imagine some of the men saying, but now, wait a minute. Are you sure that we should let him join with us? Don't you know that he, he's been abusing men and women? Now look, it's one thing for him to take me or to put my life at risk, but, but my wife, what's going to happen to my children? What will happen to my grandchildren? You can imagine how they're nervous about this. And so Barnabas comes in. He doesn't just come in and say, look, I think we should accept Paul or Saul. It's not that. He offers some testimony. Now, in verse 27, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Now, this is Jerusalem, and that's where the apostles are. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road. All right, that's the road to Damascus. We talked about that this morning. And that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. That's big testimony there. Those those three years that he was in Damascus, what is he doing? He's preaching the name of Jesus Christ. The implication of that, of course, is that he's putting his neck on the block too. He has, he has risked his life for Christianity, for our Lord. And it was that testimony that, that put people at ease. How valuable is that? I just want you to think about something, and, and this is particularly in reference to how we treat new members at West Huntsville and how we treat people who place membership uh, with us. And that's happening just a, a lot, and I'm, aren't we thankful for that? We're going to have a lot of people moving into Huntsville, at least people who build apartments think so. And maybe that is going to translate into people becoming members of the West Huntsville Church. I, I anticipate that. We need to think about this. Need to think about Barnabas. You like Barnabas? Are you like him? Remember when you were in fifth grade? I was, I was in, uh, my father preached in Oklahoma at that time, in Altus, Oklahoma, and I was a student at Sunset Elementary School. Can you remember how it was when you went out to the playground on reset, recess? Now we played soccer, often played soccer. And the way that it works is that you have a couple of boys who would be the captains, and they would they would choose up the team. They would alternate, and I'll take him, and I'll take him, and I'll take him. And suppose you were the one who was always last in the pick. You just didn't have those natural athletic abilities. Ben, you ever see this happen? Don't have the natural athletic abilities. And so what happens is that, you know, you'll get picked, but it's going to be down there toward the end. Or it may even be, and this is going to hurt a little bit, it may even be that, that one of the captains will say, now look, we took him last time. Y'all, y'all take him this time. As if to say, this is going to be a burden. He's going to be a problem. 
Now, I want you to put yourself in that kid's shoes. How's that feel? And maybe the boy then, he goes to the cafeteria to get his lunch, and he pays for his lunch, and then he walks over to the table because there's an open chair there, and he starts to sit down, and the boy next to, uh, sitting beside there says, wait a minute, uh, no, that, that seat is saved. Because he's not one of the in crowd, he's on the out crowd. He's not the cool kid, he's one of the other kids. And, and in this case, he's not really welcome in that chair. And I don't know if anybody in this room has ever experienced something like that, if you were... If you were ever a kid, you probably experienced some of it. I declare to you, Christians, that we must never, ever let that come into the church. Now, I know we're talking about kids. I got that. But you know what? It's, it's very possible that we would think of ourselves as a very friendly church. And you know what? I believe that. And frankly, I believe this is one of the friendliest churches I've ever been around. But... That can be a misnomer. I mean, it's, it would be easy for me to be friendly, really friendly, to the people that I know the best and who I love the most that are in this congregation. I, because I know you. And, and I might, you know what, it's not a, how many times have you heard, and for me it's many times, I've heard people say in reference to places they've visited because they're looking for a church home, and they'll visit a congregation and they come back and say, you know, that's not for us. Do you know that we, and it'll, it'll, it'll go like this, something like this. We got out of, our, out of our car and we came and we sat down and nobody talked to us. Now, mind you, they were talking to each other. There was lots of talk going on, but nobody talked to us. And it might, they might even sometimes say, and we exited and, you know, the preacher said hi or one of the teenagers said hi to us, hello. Then we made it out to our car and we left and that, you know what? That can't be us. That cannot be us. One of these days, John 14, 6, you know what the Lord said, I go to prepare a place for you. We're going to have a place at the table with our Lord. And what I've got to make sure in my life is that I'm like Barnabas. And when we have, you know what it was like in elementary school if you weren't part of that in crowd? What if you were part of the not-so-many-friends crowd? What if, what if there was an awkwardness to you and you just weren't one of the cool kids? And remember how that might have felt? You reckon that people grow up and sometimes are not cool? <laughs> you reckon there are some of us that are not the in crowd, some of us that are not cool, and some of us that are sort of uncool or, or typically left out? Don't you let it happen in the church. We cannot let that happen in the church. We have a fellowship meal back there, and if we have a visitor, you be sure they're not sitting by themselves. Make sure about that. And if, if we have, have a member sitting by himself, and you think, you know what? He usually sits by himself. Don't you let it happen anymore. Go, go and sit with him. As quick as you can, you go sit with him. I've read Matthew 25. And Barnabas Barnabas, Barnabas was like this. Now, I want to read something to you. I, and I, this won't take but just a second. But Barnabas uh, helped Paul. And Paul then gets integrated into the church. I don't know how, he was at, how long he was at Jerusalem. I, I really don't know. And it might not have been a terribly long time. I just know that as his pattern was, he wanted to get joined to the congregation as quick as he could. And then like he was in Damascus. I mean, he got busy and was active and, and working. 
that's what we, we try to do here at West Huntsville. And somebody places membership, and so our our manner is that, that Paul and Mark Bailey, we usually take that person or couple or family to a meal somewhere, and they'll sit down, and the purpose of that meal is to get to know them, but it's also to say, let's get you integrated into the congregation. And by integrated, I mean, what do you like to do? What do you have... What do you think you're good at? What would you like to be a part of in this church? You know, it's, it's about joining yourself. It's about gluing yourself to this, this family of people. I'm holding in my hand here one of the papers from which they do that. There's a ton of stuff that, that people could be involved in. Our hospital ministry program where you deliver snacks to the Huntsville Hospital, the ICU waiting room, the cheer ministry assisting elderly people and others with home maintenance and yard work. A greeter, somebody who stands at the door and makes visitors feel welcome as they enter the building. Communion, the Lord's Supper that's taken to the sick or to the shut-in. Our Dorcas class, been going for 150 years or give or take. They meet every week to make bears to be taken to the hospital for children. Is that a good work? Isn't that a great thing? An attendance recorder, somebody who's been around a while and knows people and can mark attendance charts so that we can visit people who are not here and may be having problems. Building maintenance, valet service. Did you know that we have valet? And it doesn't apply to, to most of you. But suppose you got somebody who struggles to make that trek from out there in the lot, particularly when it's raining, and get in this church building. To have somebody standing at the door with a, an umbrella who will say, now you, you wait out there and some contact is made. You wait out there. I'll come out and, and get you. I'll, I'll, you pull up to the door and I'll get in your car and I'll take it and I'll bring it back after it's over. Welcome Home is a group of couples who invite new members into their home so they can get acquainted with other people. World Video Bible, or World Bible School or photography of members for our directories. Uh, transportation to special events, building security, college ministering. You reckon it would be good to have the youth group over to your house? You know, they meet very often in people's homes, and they sing like angels, and the very idea that you could have them in your living room, we ought to charge an admission for that. It's, you know, you feed them some hot dogs. I don't know what you feed them, but you feed them something, and, and you have them at your house, and they have their devotional, and you fill up your house with the songs of praise from those beautiful voices. I, I, I won't go on. Look at there, there's verse 26 and 27. Now let's take up in 28. And the Bible says this. He was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists. But they attempted to kill him. Number three is bonding in the church brings contentment and strength in serving Christ. And verse 30 says, when the brethren found out that the Jerusalem people, those Jews, were going to kill Paul, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him to Tarsus. Tarsus, by the way, is from whence he originally came. He was Saul of Tarsus. I think the wording here is very interesting. The, the word sent means what you think. It means to dispatch him. Well, why would people have the 
influence over Saul to be able to dispatch him? Why would these Christians at Jerusalem be in such a place in his life that they could presume to tell him where he was going? to dispatch him for this, to send him to Tarsus. And that, you understand this, if you've been a member of the church any amount of time, you know what happens in a room like this. You get close to people. Ephesians 5.19 is a familiar passage. Speaking to yourselves, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at that last clause. I blacked it. I bolted it so you could... He'll pull it out, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. Wait a minute, that's what happened here. They said, this is too dangerous. It's getting too hot here. Paul, they're going to kill you, and we can't let that happen, and we want to send you to Tarsus. That, that verse began, verse 30 begins with these words, when the brethren found out, the brethren found out that he was in danger. And so what they practiced when they sent him away is Galatians 6 and 2 and bear one another's burdens. The brethren found out there, there are signs when you have really joined yourself to a congregation and that you're part of it in the way that's talked about here. You're joined together. <coughs> and if you've been here any amount of time, you know what this is like. When you're eager to assemble, I mean you're eager to get back, not because, I mean, obviously the primary purpose for our assembling is that we're worshiping God. But I can tell you something else is that we look forward to being with each other. And the closer you get to people, the better you know them, the longer you've been together, it just, just in, increases. We're eager to assemble. Our conversations sometimes will be, will be deeper, as with the Apostle Paul here. And, and now it's about something so serious as that his life was threatened. And sometimes you'll be in a group of people here at West Huntsville and you'll say, you know, I, I've got this issue. I'm trying to figure out what to do. We're moving and I, I don't have a, a truck and a trailer. And the man standing next to him will say, hey, I got you. I got you covered. That's okay. Yeah, it's, see, we're, we're part of the family. We're, we're in Christ and we're part of this congregation. That's, that's inherent in what the Bible says here in verse 26, that he joined the disciples. But let me tell you something. If you've placed membership recently... Or you're about to do that, and I hope you will. You can, you can kill this. You, you can kill it. And some people do. No matter how the Christians try, I mean, if you keep your distance, that is, you arrive late to the worship assemblies and you leave early. If you avoid the social things, you avoid... That the, and we have a lot of them around here where we get together to eat or for, for various different things. We have picnics out there. That's all with purpose. It's not just social. It's about getting to know one another. But you can avoid those. You could just keep your distance from those. If you keep conversations among you and the other Christians, if you keep them casual, if you speak of what the church is doing in the term, the pronoun they, here's what they're doing in the church instead of what we're doing in the church. What you'll do is you'll kill this, and you'll never feel bound together with these people. You won't, no matter how much they try. Here's verse 31. Here's the last verse for tonight. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> they were multiplied. 
There you go. There's churches that are, that are growing and that are, that are doing well and people love one another and they're doing just what the Lord intended for them to do. They're, they're bonding with one another in a family of God. I've always thought and, and teach that elders need to work really hard. Preachers need to work really hard to display <clears throat> before the congregation a love for one another. If, if you have more than one preacher in a congregation like we have here, it's very important that, that those men love one another and that they express that to the church. I've always felt like that, that when elders and the preacher don't get along, and here we do, and I, I love them, everyone, dearly. If they don't get along, I think the church can sense that. And their leaders. A new commandment, John 13, 34, I give you that you love one another. And by this, Jesus said, shall all men know that you're my disciples if you love one another. May I ask you a question? <clears throat> Have you found your place in the body? If, if you are a member of this congregation and the answer really is no, what is, that, what is it that you do? I mean, besides attending, what is it that you're doing right now that that shows that you're part of this group, you're, you're part of this congregation. What is it that you do? And, and I'm not, I could ask for a show of hands, no one do that, but I'm telling you this is an active church. It's a busy, active. So large a, a proportion of our people are very active. Just make sure you are. And if the answer is, I don't really do anything, I'm not really involved in anything, then, then get with the elders, get with Paul, get with me. And we'll work on that. We'll find something that you're good at. We'll find something that you can do. And there's no one here that, that would truly be able to say, there's nothing I, I'm able to do. Well, you, you can. You can, and you should. If you, are, if you are a member here and you think about people who are placing membership, what are we doing? What are you doing to make sure that you, that you make this path to joining in an easy one for them? That's got to be our goal in the kinds of things we've talked about tonight. We'll help do that. So what happens here, as in conclusion, what happens here is that, is that Paul is, is set a pattern for us. It was his pattern to join himself with the congregations where he went. And when he got to Jerusalem, right off the bat, he wanted to join himself to those Christians. And he did. And they, they warmly accepted him after Barnabas stepped in and he got to work. Let's be like that. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word, brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you have comments or questions, Glenn can be reached by email at colley at westhuntsville.org.